cool thing about blind knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the US, we are in the UK, we are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Yo, you know him. You know him. If you've been watching, if you've been following the series, you know him. He's Johnny the Dream Chaser, a.k.a. Swagger. He's hanging out, man. He's in the background. He is my intro music. We love you, Johnny. My name is Joey B. This is behind the podcast, behind the content creator, behind these awesome folks that we watch and we listen to. And I want to learn about them. And I want to I wanna introduce them. I want to know who they are. All right, enough from me. I'm annoying and I hate seeing myself anyway. I got to bring on my dude. He is part of the Blind Knowledge Collective. He is a mustache man. He is an engineer. He is hopefully, truly, truthfully, truly maybe on SiriusXM pretty soon, but I didn't want to tell you. I got to tell you, though. I got to tell you, we're going to bring him on right now. Billy from The Way Podcast. What's up, Billy? Not much. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Happy to oh, be here. Thanks for coming on, dude. Thanks for coming on. I mean, it's all about you guys. So let's start there. Who, who is Billy from The Way? So my name is Billy. I'm young, lower 20s. I recently graduated, and I started my podcast at the University of Connecticut. Ever since then, I've just been creating my show and loving it ever since. That's awesome. So how did you get into it? How did you get into college radio? I actually joined at UConn. They say join as many clubs as you can. Try to get intertwined, you know, pick up talents. I tried music. I tried television. Well, I tried the television route at the same time as the radio route. So radio kind of won out. There's yeah, something exactly. about radio for sure. So college radio, it's, yeah. it's a pastime. It's a beautiful thing. It's underrated. You know, you must learn a lot. Yeah, I wish I could learn a little bit more because right when I got into it or a little bit after is when COVID hit and that just mm. completely shut down the radio. You can't go in the station and that's why I actually learned to record my, I bought my own gear, bought my own everything and just submit online now, nowadays versus being in the studio. Mm. But I mean, yeah. whenever I'm in the studio, those five to 10 times, yeah, you definitely learn a lot. Yeah, you know, like, do they have the old school mixer with like the 12 tracks, but it's like, it's like gravelly almost kind of wearing away. So I'm actually in two radio stations. I'm in one in Connecticut and one in Rhode Island. And the Connecticut one nice. is like top notch. It's got this LED light that shows you the sound bar, like wicked high tech, wicked beautiful. That's the one I use on my website. For and sure. the other one is in uh, Rhode Island. And that's basically what you said. It's a very old, some of the freaking knobs won't work. Some of the keys, it's just this old beat up mechanical thing where you slide and it's kind of greasy at times. <laughs> so, yep. yep. <laughs> Is there like a thousand old CDs in the back? Yeah. Oh, that's both of them. Yeah. Joey B here hanging with Billy from The Way. We're both part of Blind Knowledge, blindknowledge.com. Hit F5. It'll show up eventually. And he podcasts. He's an engineer. Let's talk about engineering because you have to be smart to be an engineer, right? Or extremely like lucky at BSing your way through. <laughs> or extremely lucky. Humble. Very humble, Billy. So why how'd you get into engineering? I heard it's wicked hard. Wicked it hard. It can't 
But yeah, I, uh, I've always been a math person, like good with numbers and stuff. So I said, why not just do engineering? Cause I didn't know what else field to pick mm. and just continue that way through a uh, Yukon. I just went through a class, went through another class, learned, developed. And then, yeah, that's just sort of how I ended up in my position as a mechanical engineer. So you go to Yukon right now or did oh, no, you graduate, graduate from Yukon? I'm actually at a road, you, the University of Rhode Island, they pay me to do research for them. So I technically work for them and I'm getting a mm. master's degree in the process. Well, someone's got it all figured out, huh? Wow. And you podcast and you play music, right? Yeah, I tried to record. I've been playing around for a bit. What do you play? What do you do? Uh, rap. So like me and my friend, we're a rap duo. Well, this just took this conversation into a whole new level. How long have you been rapping, bro? Since November, I'd say. So not the longest time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you like freestyle or do you write your own? Write your I own made a song down? for that freestyle, but mostly written down because then yeah. I think you, yeah, you get to be more creative with it. I'm no Juice World. That's no. what he's known for. There is only one. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. So you're an engineer. You're a podcaster. You are a rapper. What's the name of the group? Or are you just kind of doing it on the side? Me? Well, we haven't settled on a rap name yet oh that's we're thinking something we're thinking of something right. like too easy i was watching a video of like football highlights and i'm like with them and i'm like oh man that play was too easy and then he said something like wait that's a good name that is a good name i'm like that's no that's too easy name. that's that's amazing i want to hear more for sure even if you don't put it out i still want to hear too easy and do you Could guys produce it. your own music or do you use like samples what's your style just go on YouTube, find uh, whatever we like, just scrolling through a bunch. I like beats that are more, I guess, like guitar, piano, like unique or something, while he's a very trap and drill kind of guy. Wow. So, but we try to find a combination of the two. Then we just rap in. We've got some songs. We just want to make a bunch of songs and then focus on the mixing side because we know how to set it up and whatnot. Nice. But that's just going to come after. One thing at a time, right? You got to create yeah. it, then you can record it. That's great. That's more power to you, man. A lot of creative outlets there. Let's bring it back, though, man. Let's bring it back to Billy from The Way Podcast. The Way Podcast, man. Podcastthewaycom I'm telling you, it's real good. Podcast is great, too. You have some great guests. You have a great kind of presentation. And you have these awesome friggin' uh, visuals that you put up. Or not visuals, but you have uh, illustrations, if you will. Animations that you post on TikTok and you post on Instagram. So it's like a whole complete package. I got to start here. Did you ever do college radio before you did Podcast The Way? Or The Way Podcast, rather? Yeah, the uh, college radio came first. So from there... You know, now you have a podcast. So radio and podcasts are different, right? Obviously, there's a style difference. You know, with podcasting, you can go back in a post, you can edit, you can manipulate it. Really, you can play around with all your effects. You put reverb on it, you amplify, you can do all kinds of stuff. You can move it around. Even radio's live. Radio's the real deal. So when you're doing your podcast and you're talking to these folks, and we're going to get into this in just a sec about your guests because they're phenomenal, do you find yourself just going for it? Or do you find yourself getting more into this format of, okay, you know, I'll just edit later. You know, not worry about, or you're like, all right, let's get it done now. I kind of just look at it like I don't go for it too much in like a crazy sense. I edit every single one of my episodes. But that's also my least favorite part of the whole process, and it's very tedious and boring, as I'm mm. sure you know. Mm. 
So when doing an interview, the guest always does a good job. If there's a mistake on their end, I'll fix it up, clean it up. But they always speak well. And I like to think with my background, I'm in the same boat. I just make sure I word my questions right. I use that whole understanding. I go slow to the point. Powerful words, like all that jazz that you can look up on a YouTube video. And post-production, I just make sure I sound good. They sound good. I word my questions short and simple, so there's not too much stuttering or delay or anything. And yeah, so I guess to answer your question, I'm not really a big haymaker, crazy question. Once in a while, I ask a question. I'm like, uh, that's a dumb question. The next three minutes, like, this is okay content, but 99% of the time I leave in regardless. But Sometimes you got to cut it, though. Once in a while, when you start off and it's like two minutes in and you ask the bad opener or second question and you're like, okay, this is the most important. I need to fix this because people don't want to hear this. But I just like to think it's, yeah, mostly radio background, mostly radio, radio treat it like I'm live. And because it's also not for the audience as much as I was more, I'm just talking to the person and the audience well, yeah, is there yeah. too. It just happened to be there. It's almost like you're doing a bunch like, of stalkers. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look uh, at it. Perspectives. Nah, nah. It's all about perspectives. I kid, I kid. It's all it's almost like you're doing a reading or a um speaking engagement. You know, you guys are having a discussion and then you have the audience out in the crowd, but it just happens to be on the internet. That's um Jack Resider. He's famous in the podcast community. He um he does blog blog posts. And is something like when doing a show for the early starters or people getting a show off the ground, you might think one, ten, a hundred listeners, whatever, like is small or large. But those numbers, regardless of how small they look, just imagine you're in an auditorium. Say you have ten listeners. Seems like a small number, but if you're a teacher, that's a little classroom. If you got a hundred listeners, oh man, you don't have the thousands, hundred thousands, but if you're a professor, that's a little lecture hall you got going up. People just sitting there tuning into your show. Yeah. Ten is more than zero. That's for sure. I'd say so. <laughs> if I pass first grade math. How would you describe your own podcast? I sort of go to that kind of gets a laugh, which unintentional, but I'll take it, is a, it's a combination between 60 Minutes and Joe Rogan. Yeah. Interesting. It's not how I would describe it, but I can see it. Well, first off, yeah, like the selling point of the show is the guess. It's sort of, I go for, the show itself is about talking with the experts. So the people who know about, I don't know, uh, wallets, I want to talk to the expert on wallets, like that knows everything about a wallet or mm. pencils, like anything like that. So I try to reach those experts. Sure. It's that cliche, I like, like, oh, I love, one. I love all my guests, but like. I actually yeah. do. Like each guest is just so really? unique and the show's still so much fun. So I actually do really enjoy just about every guest. There's a few that Fair. might not be as good as I was looking forward to, but that's if I'm being honest, like maybe three or four out of seventy three. Wow. Wow. Those are good odds. That's a good yeah. percentage right there. The only thing I was gonna add in there, a little tidbit, a little comment, is very politically correct answer there because you don't want to you know name off names and then someone else that was on your podcast was like oh, you didn't mention me well fuck billy from the way you know <laughs> well yeah. you really do though uh all seriousness you really have some very smart folks very intellectual you know masters of their craft like i said professors business folks um scientists 
Talk about, can you talk about some of the scientists you've had on? Because those, I find, just personally, I can only speak for myself, I find those very fascinating. Yeah. One was with, um, she's a researcher at the SNO lab, and it's, I think, the only one or one of very few laboratories in the world where they're trying to detect dark matter. So she's like a scientist <laughs> researcher who's building this machine to try and detect dark matter that's going around us right now. Wow. Well, if you don't have her on as a guest, wait, have you had her on? Yeah, episode? she was on episode oh, yeah, you said that. 38, I want to say. Number 38. Well, that's, that's impressive. So you're, how many shows have you done at this point? I've, what episode are you at? 73 recorded. I uh, no, 73 published, 74 recorded, 75 in the works. So yeah, about 75. Billy, from the way, you're originally from where? The U.S., right? Northeast? Yep. Connecticut, born and uh, born and raised. Born and raised in Connecticut, my least favorite state. Okay. okay <laughs> Why? A, yeah, I don't know. It, it's expensive. People, yep. I just it's, Connecticut people sometimes, and maybe this is very stereotypical, probably. <laughs> and I hope I don't rub you the wrong way, but in my experience, people from Connecticut have not always been the nicest folks. And that's just from my personal experience, much like you have an issue with New Jersey for some reason, I have an issue with Connecticut. And I don't know what it is. I think it's just so many people I've met are just douchebags. But you're not. You're cool. So we're, it's a tally for it's a tally for uh, Connecticut. Maybe it is cool. Maybe I'm wrong. It could be. Yes. Connecticut. I mean, I'm in Rhode Island, so maybe I'm a new Rhode Islander now, even though I've only lived here for like two mm. months. <laughs> nah. yeah, that's an interesting concept in itself. Like, I'm from Massachusetts, right? Born and bred. I live down yeah. here in Florida now and started Blind Knowledge. And I think, you know, this is where I live, but my home is Stoughton. Stoughton. And I'll say it out loud a hundred times. Tough Town, USA. Tell your friends. What's up, guys? Yeah, that's where I'm from. It's where I was born and raised, and that's what I'm proud of. And if you don't know, Stoughton's about 10 to 15 minutes outside of Boston, and that's 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 who I am. I bring that with me wherever I go. And I, I think that people, they can go either way. You know, you can move from Connecticut to Montana, and you can say, oh, I'm from Montana. You know what I mean? Oh, I feel that. Like, I'm, I, I kid, I'm still a Connecticut person down to the bone. Okay. And fun fact, over this past summer, I actually spent five weeks traveling traveling around America with a friend of mine. Nice. Yeah, so we that? went. It was good. We went through, like, I want to say 38 states. And, of course, <laughs> we're seeing a small portion in each state. Mm. Yet, each state, there's just a culture to it. Like, these people in Texas are different than these people in California and these people in Arizona and Oregon, nicest people by far from my experience. Shout out to Oregon. Yeah, guy, um, we get gas at a gas station. Um, we didn't get gas at a Wendy's parking lot, a gas station, just to be clear. Yeah. Gas station. Yeah. Okay. No, but uh this guy just comes out. My friend goes in. This guy comes out and he's like, Oh, I got it for you, twenty dollars. And I'm just like, Oh, thank you. I'm all confused. Because I, I don't know, I'm just filling up the tank. I thought my friend paid for it. My friend comes out and he's like, "Like, oh, dude, did you put the money in?" I'm like, "No, what are you talking about? It's working." And then it dawned on us that the random stranger just paid for our gas for no reason whatsoever. Oregon, wow. Then he asked uh, if we were looking for weed. 
Reeling you in, dude. <laughs> Reeling you. Oh, yeah, 30, yeah. 20, but it's 70 a bag, by the way. It's, it's the really good <laughs> shit. It's the really good shit, dude. So he, yeah, and he bought it for 20, so he gets, uh, he makes out in the end. But or no, he, um, shout out to you. You guys are awesome and very smart as well. But be yeah, a building off that. Like, no, he, um, like I said, as a joke, but he actually was willing to just, like, smoke with us or smoke up. He's like, oh, you guys trying to smoke? Nice. I mean, Maybe that's reeling into some freaking underground tr- human trafficking thing for all I know, but if there's free weed, <laughs> is it that bad? <laughs> no, it sounds like it was okay. You're, you're here. You know, you, you have all your limbs and body parts and at least your organs, I hope. You know, you didn't wake up in a weird place without, you know, a kidney. So Yeah, I mean, you got two. We all got two kidneys, so what's well, one? Some, some of us do. Yeah. Most of us, I heard, yeah, I heard kidneys are they go for a sweet price on the uh, on the market in other countries, but I, I don't want to even go down that road. What's on the way, Bill? What's on the way? What are what are we looking forward to with the way? What's on the way with the way? Yeah, so um, just now released the rhetoric episode. Next week is going to be actually kind of a niche one. It's uh the history of blue jeans. That's yeah. cool. I've never heard, I've never heard that topic before. Yeah, I saw this guy. He wrote a book, and they made a documentary on the topic, and it was just a fun episode. It's like you just go through the history of America and kind of Europe and Africa just in terms of blue jeans because the average person has seven pairs, and if you look around, just about everyone's got blue jeans. (laughs) Seven pairs is the average? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That means people have like 100 blue jeans. That's interesting. That's interesting. And you have someone coming on that obviously knows a lot about it. Maybe they make them themselves. Yeah, like he came on the show. Like I said, he wrote the book. He made a documentary. And that was a good episode to record. I mean, we just started from the beginning about uh, denim and where Indico came from. Uh, Indico Indico from Africa and the blue jeans originated in France, Italy, and India, depending where you want to look at it. But just at the same time. And yeah, just the way it got into rock rock star culture, the way it got into uh, farmers, workers, it just has a wicked history too. It's kind of like a bare bone of America without, it's as the show said, it's the blue and the red, white, and blue. It is. It's the blue jeans. It yeah. is what it is. It's, does that include overalls or overalls in a separate category from jeans? So way early on, back when people were miners, they used to have not they weren't called overalls. They had another name, straps or something. I don't know. But they're overalls into the blue jeans, but basically overalls. Um, because they didn't have belts yet. Although that over time that slowly morphed and changed into the blue jeans we have today. That's what I love about this stuff, man. Not just podcasting. But learning, seriously, it sounds really corny, but my brain's always, always thinking, always wants to learn, need that stimulation. Overalls before blue jeans, never would have guessed that one, man. I would have lost my stacks, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the early overalls, they, uh, they didn't have the belt strap, they didn't have a zipper, they didn't have those uh, little metal pins, I forget what they're called, washer and whatever you call them, that hold them together so they'd always break on people. They were always falling apart. Oh, and that's right actually the crack. Yeah, I can imagine. They used to have a crotch one, too, actually, because that was a common problem. And uh, mm, But yes. Levi and this other guy, 
fix that issue and that's why that's such a popular brand today wow just dropping knowledge dude this dude is illuminating blind knowledge that was blind knowledge to me i didn't know about it i, I couldn't see it it wasn't aware of it it wasn't wasn't shared with me you just illuminated it dude that's what we do this is blind knowledge blindknowledge.com this is knowledge this degree and i'm chilling with billy from the way do you like would you rather do your podcast in a studio like or would you rather be like one-on-one -on -one with these folks in like say like a cafe there's this podcast passion pod but he just travels like to these different people's places like and he just sits down and gets to talk with them and it's just like man that'd be cool if i had the opportunity to go to canada go to california whenever as my job bring my own setup and just sit in that person's kitchen or sit in that person's balcony and just talk face to face with that person. So that would be my second choice, best case scenario. But my first choice is just, I would love to have Joe Rogan. He's under like hate and stuff right now, but man, I love his, actually, no, he got another nice studio now, but his studio, I would just love to have my own people come to my studio. I get to pimp it out however I want. Get to have these colors, these banners, these posters, these everything, these mics, these couches, these seats, these TVs, my own personal Jamie, my own personal, like every setup would just be like ideal. That'd be that'd be cool. The way you describe it. I mean, it's it'd be yours. Yeah. And that's why I love the studio at the radio station, because it's like I get a little bit of that vibe, but it's not my show's studio. It's not my personal set up i hear you there like you, you there's nothing better than having your own stuff having things you know set up the way you want them you know it's it's basically you would you, you'd own it you know you could rent it out it would be the way studios you know you could rent it out for time you could make it its own business really and you could access it at any time you want you know where that couch is you know where that wa those wires are you know you'd, you'd be master of your domain bro Yep, I would love, yeah, just that setup, but you got to get tons of listeners for that steady income and a company to yeah. buy you out. Not get bought out, but you know what I'm saying. Sponsor you. Sponsor yeah. you, That's invest in you, angel invest in you. Yeah. What's this new episode about rhetoric? Yeah, rhetoric. That guy, he uh, he was a writer for a Senate and a housemate, uh, and a house, U.S. House member, Cedar. Yeah. For Senate House, he wrote for both of them. He was their speech writers. And eventually he didn't like it, be as long as story short, as he says in the show, it's a very burnout job. So he's a professor now where he teaches basically rhetoric. So that topic's about political political rhetoric, and that's the technique people use to convince other people about their side, whether that's most commonly politics or what we also talk about is marketing, or even like I'm trying to convince you that green's the best color instead of blue. So rhetoric is sort of that yeah, how basis. How do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah, it originated in Rome, uh, ancient Rome, and there's a lot more to it. But you have like ethos, pathos, logos, and one is you appeal to the emotion side, which tends to be the strongest, which is what you commonly see politicians use, where either something like oh the border you need to stay safe for your family or climate change is destroying us you need to protect your family it's sort of that like 
emotional side. The they appeal pop. to that. They go after that. That's what they're trying to trigger, basically, yep. right? Okay. And with the rise okay. of fake news, I asked him about it too, is and like people not knowing what's real anymore. If you strongly support something, but then when asked why you support something, you can't logically, you can't really explain why you support something. That's your ethos being tricked. That's where the politician or marketing basically dug too much into your uh, emotions and you just illogically support something like you see with Q- QAnon. Brainwashed. Yeah, but you've been brainwashed. Yeah. You got to have reasons to the rhyme. You got to know why you're doing something or what you're doing or how, why you feel a certain way. You got to dig deep. I agree with you 100%. People that are all for a cause, but they don't know why. Or maybe yeah. they're just like, they were told to do that, so they just regurgitate it. It's a bad yeah. look. It's a That's bad look. very common in America now where you got yeah, people who are way true. to one side or the other. So and it's true. Just, it's so true. So true. It's it's kind of scary. Yeah, scary. it really is. And I always have my opinions when like on a show like that or something. But I guess I do my best to stay that middle ground where oh, left and right equal, even though they're not. But in terms of ethos, then there's pathos, which is credibility, and that's sort of like why you could like that's my what my show is about. Pathos the. Why can you say what you're saying? Because I could tell you everything. I could really tell you rhetoric. I can tell you everything about it, except 90% of it will be BS because I don't know rhetoric enough. I can only tell you these little bits that I do know. Because I'm using rhetoric to describe rhetoric. Yes. Maybe I'm using rhetoric right now to convince. Well, I'm not. (laughs) I think you are. It's your rhetoric. It's it's your approach. It's what you say, how you say it, when you say it, what words you use, what what flow you use. That's cool, man. Ethos, pathos, and logos. Yep. That last one is the logical side, as you would expect. But you don't want to always be too logical. Sometimes the emotion does outweigh the logic for good reason. But yeah, that's just, you know, statistics. The earth is increasing this much percent this many years, or the economy is growing this percentage, this amount. But again, the numbers can always be manipulated too. So the one thing about political rhetoric, and I actually think I use it for the trailer, is any point can just be looked at from any side. Like it's, you literally could technically make an argument for just about anything and have some validity to it that's true even though we go in all different directions on this show and i'll just agree it's got to be informative it's got to be entertaining it's got to be legit and you're talking legit stuff right now and you do a legit show what are your goals you know short term long term with the way where where do you see this heading you know what do you want to do with it i guess just grow it like my my original goal goal was to reach a point where i can get the guests i wanted and now i'm i've kind of reached that point i'm able to basically like i have a crazy one coming up but that's gonna be in like two months um that's like three months actually but like basically anybody i want i can have on the show within reason so now i just kind of want to grow the show like itself i just want to each week, I want to get more listeners, whether it's one or a hundred or a thousand. Like, just that's my next goal is just keep growing. I guess 
that's everyone's goal i think in podcasting yeah. is just to get bigger and bigger and not pop like a balloon it's great and isn't it like that with guests sometimes too once you figure out how to do it how to reach out what to say when to say it rhetoric what yeah. rhetoric to use they kind of just everything just kind of falls falls like dominoes it's like wow i have i have six guests all of a sudden you know it's it's <laughs> oh, yeah. i hear you there you know there's been it's, some there's been some points where yeah like i've had six in like two weeks or something and i do a lot of research so i'm completely overpacked overloaded uh, talk about that man talk about your research what do you how many hours do you think you're spending on research because you're an engineer you're a smart <laughs> dude you know like you must go full force to those books and then to that screen over there i do and it was brutal early on but luckily i met somebody that actually does a lot of the research for me <laughs> outsourced yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she loves nice. to do it so i'm like all right bet win-win if you go on my website for anybody who's interested, if you go to any episode, I have a PDF at the bottom of the research that goes into each episode. So I will, she'll send me something. I'll read it. I'll use the links. I'll then basically take whatever I can get from what she sends, plus maybe some extra research. And I'll create my own slide where I put questions down and notes and I just use all that to prepare. That's how I prepare for each episode. And wow. it's time consuming, but I mean, these people are experts in some really complex dark matter. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Dark matter. That's fucking cool. There's probably like a handful of people, you know, that's not a very big niche. This is Billy from The Way Podcast. I think uh, we have learned a lot, more than more than I thought. We went in directions that I did not even think of. And... Um, that was awesome. So thank you for joining me. We went behind the podcast with Billy from the way. Any last words before we we exit? I'll just say thanks for having me on the show. I enjoyed oh, my it. Pleasure. And um, yeah, just audience, check out the way podcast. Go to podcasttheway.com. That's the end of the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, my name is Joe, Joey B, Biz, um, Joseph. Well, those are my names. But I'm Joey B on the air. That's me. I'm the founder of blindknowledge.com. We had Billy from the way. Billy from the way. Bill Wilhelm. Yo, go check out the podcast. Whatever. He's a smart dude. He's part of Blind Knowledge. It's the way podcast. He's on the radio. He's doing his thing. Awesome times. Awesome times. Thank you so much, y'all. We'll check out with you next time. We'll check in with you next time. <laughs> Have a great night. I like Hey guys, have you checked out no, the No, no, no. Look, if you want to hear something about... Oh, damn, that could have just been for that. You like beats, you like bud, you like booze, you like body slam. Well, 
this is your place, brother, because we're going to get the beat spud boost body slam right out of your ass. We got all that shit. Good one. That was Stacy. Was that a good one? <laughs> PNMPodcast.com.